0: The faith of the Christian life is a supernatural faith. It is a gift from God, and it is the God kind of faith. Coming up next on Daily in Christ, we'll see how this God kind of faith is an overcoming faith as well as a strong faith in the face of the worst adversity. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos, and we are wrapping up our mini-series, The Just Shall Live by Faith. It's chapter 11 in our ongoing larger series uh, throughout the book of Hebrews called Hebrews, the Glory of the New Covenant. Now, last time we were looking in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 to 29, and we looked at the life of Moses, and how he lived that life by faith, the success that we saw in his life to the glory of God, were happened because he was looking to God. He was living by faith. And through that, we were able to see that he had a godly response despite fearful situations. We saw that he was able to keep steadfast even in the face of persecution We saw that Moses was identifying with God and his people and not the world. By faith, we see the forward look of faith that Moses had, as we have been seeing throughout Hebrews chapter 11. That's the hope of faith. And how did Moses do this? How did he have this kind of life that was walking so differently from the world, Walking in a way that pleased God, it says in verse 27b4, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses' faith was face toward God. And then we see in verse 29 how by faith the children of Israel passed right through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith, by faith, by faith, comes up several times there in verses 23 to 29, just as it does all throughout Hebrews chapter 11. Over and over again, we see by faith, by faith, by faith, or through faith. It actually starts over in um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, and continues. And when you bring them all together 21 times more than any other chapter in the Bible, in fact, more than any other book of the Bible, we see by faith or through faith. Oh, it's so important. It's true. The just shall live by faith. Well, today we want to continue from that point forward in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 30. So if you would have your Bibles, let's take some time right now before we look at the word, just to look to the Lord of the Word. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your heart of generosity, your heart of love to condescend and reveal some things about yourself. Lord, we recognize that you are the infinite God. You are bigger and greater than anything we could possibly imagine. And yet, Lord, you choose because you are good, and because you are loving, to reveal yourself to us through the scripture, through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray as we uh, continue here in Hebrews chapter 11, Lord, would you, by the Spirit, bring the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And Lord, in that experience, in the context of knowing you better. Father, I pray that the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light, enlightened, that we may know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe like the working of your power, which you did when you raised Jesus from the dead, seating him above all principality and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 11. Let's begin in verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verses 30 through 38. Now let's talk about overcoming faith. And as we have been quickly reading through these powerful incidents of godly people through the ages who have walked by faith, and let's face it, the Lord enabled them to do amazing things by his grace. Let's remember something very important about faith. Faith like anything else that is good, ultimately comes from God. God is the source of all that is good. And faith, obviously, is good. Faith pleases God. Remember what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith it is impossible to please God. And then it says, too, in four places in the Scripture, the just shall live by faith. In James chapter 1 verse 17 we read this Every good and uh, I'm sorry every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning James 1:17 Now if you are born again in the Lord Jesus Christ by the grace of God through the miracle of the Holy Spirit being united with Christ There's not a question whether you have faith. You have faith. It is the God kind of faith. Even this faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. That's because it's a gift that comes from God himself. The issue isn't whether or not you have faith. The issue is, are you using your faith? Are you walking by faith? Are you living by faith? Now, remember, the focus is not faith. We've made this point many times throughout this series. The focus and the basis, remember, Hebrews 11 is in the context of the book of Hebrews itself, so powerfully Christ-centered, so focused on Jesus, the perfect son, perfect high priest, perfect offering, perfect sacrifice, perfect blood, perfect death, perfect resurrection, his perfect finished work. Our faith looks to him. And we'll see that a little bit later in the beginning of Hebrews chapter 12. Remember, this faith that you have is the God kind of faith. Now, you might say well it it doesn't really seem that way to me that's because your faith hasn't been fed by the word of god that's because your faith hasn't been put into action that's what the message of the epistle of james is all about he says how can you have faith if there's no corresponding action the two go together and remember uh how it is. Even in trial, we can really see the power of the gift of this faith. The apostle Peter was the apostle to the Jews, and they had been horribly persecuted. And his epistle, First Peter, was written Directly to the Jew, the the uh, Jewish Christian who is suffering persecution, and in First Peter chapter one verse six, he says this: In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, do you see what he's saying there in First Peter? He's saying that uh, these different challenges that we face in life, trials, even grievous trials, are that which show the genuineness of our faith. Now, this showing or testing, if you will, of the faith isn't meant to prove something to God. God knows the gift of faith that he's given you, and it's perfect, and it's powerful. And it's no less than he's given to any other believer. The the thing is, we are the ones who are not aware of this tremendous gift of the God kind of faith. And Peter points out that that the genuineness of your faith, as it says in verse verse 7, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. My friend, the only thing that can give praise, honor, and glory to God is that which came from him in the first place. So whether you feel like it or not, Christian, the faith that you have is powerful stuff. It is supernatural. It is the God kind of faith and the same powerful faith that operated in these lives that we're going to be reading about in verses 30 through 39. So let's go back over to Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 30. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Now, that of course was at the time of Joshua who was commanding uh, the children of Israel, the army of the Lord. And they went to this first city, a powerful big city with big thick walls. They say so thick they had chariot races on top of them. And you know the account. God had told them to go around the walls seven days and then finally on the seventh day there was the blast of the trumpets and those enormous stone walls came down and they rushed into the city and took it and seized it for the Lord. Chrysostom was one of the early church fathers and he wrote this, the soundings of trumpets though one were to sound for 10,000 years cannot throw down walls but faith can do all things. That's really good. Let me say that again. The soundings of trumpets, though one were to sound for 10,000 years, cannot throw down walls, but faith can do all things. Amen. And friend, that's the God kind of faith that you have. It brought success, and those walls fell down. Look at verse thirty one. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe, when she had received the spies with peace. There were so many things against this uh, prostitute. Would you believe it? A prostitute is mentioned in this uh, great Hebrews chapter eleven uh, chapter. There was a lot that she had going against her. She was a part of the enemy. She was a prostitute. And yet, what did she do? When the spies from Israel came in, she brought them shelter. Uh, she protected them. And the Lord remembered her act. How did she do this? The first two words of verse 31 by faith. She did it by faith. She had nothing else but faith. And do you notice what it says there in verse 31? She did not perish with those who did not believe. That is significant. By faith, she is saved. By faith, she is preserved. By faith, she is counted among the people of God. But among those who did not believe, what did they see? What do we see in their unbelief? They perished with the rest. She received the spies with peace. Joshua and Israel, in their conquest that we see there in the book of Joshua, could be bold and strong in that conquest because they had faith in the Lord thy God who is with them. Joshua 1 9. Their faith was directed to the one who was the captain, the commander of the Lord's armies, the host of the armies of God. They did not go alone. Their faith was strengthened and they could be bold and strong knowing the Lord thy God was with them. That is true of you, believer. The Lord thy God is with you. I was talking with a friend the other day and I said to her, she was, Uh, praying, you know, Lord, be with me. And afterwards, I had to say, you know what? You don't need to pray that prayer. God says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And isn't he not known as Emmanuel, God with us? I'm recording this particular episode, uh, the week of Christmas. We're celebrating God with us. He is with us. He is the one who is present with us. And it's important to remember that. And I let this sister know, the Lord is with you. He is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, of God are you in Christ. So I can encourage her and say, he won't leave you because he's the one who came to you, who is inside of you. Praise God. The Lord thy God is with you, believer, just like he was with Joshua and just like he was with Israel in the conquest. We've got to move on. Verse 32, we see the effect, uh, the leadership of God's people by faith and its effect. We see names of leaders, for instance, in the judges. Let's go ahead and read these verses here. And what more shall I say, verse 32, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah. Now, those were all the judges, right? They were leaders before the time of the kings. And um, it says also of David, the king, and Samuel, who was a prophet and the prophets, who Through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises. I just want to stop right there because, well, let me go ahead and finish reading these two more verses. Quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. That's verses 33 through 35. Now, you know, we can look at these people and go, wow, weren't they something? Man, they were super, super duper anointed saints of God. No, they were not superhumans. They were not super hum- superheroes. All of these people were ordinary people of faith who trusted in an extraordinary God. Man, that's so important to understand. Ordinary people of faith trusting in an extraordinary God. You see, God is the one who is great. He is the hero, and he is the one who does mighty things through those who have faith in him. It's not the greatness of us. It's the greatness of God. Faith relies on God. Faith trusts in God. Faith rests in God. So let's see what, what this kind of faith and operation did. First of all, in verse 33, it says, they worked righteousness. Now in the Greek, literally, it means to work righteousness. You see, they lived by faith and the result of doing that, and it's the same for us as well, is that it results in righteous practice and living. For instance, 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses three and four Samuel says this, Here I am, witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, or whose donkey have I taken, or whom have I cheated, whom have I oppressed, or from whom, I'm sorry, from whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my, eye, blind my eyes? I will restore it to you. And they said, listen to the response of the people who knew Samuel and his life. You have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have taken anything from any man's hand. Do you see that? Samuel was able to walk a righteous life because he lived by faith. And I'm thinking about his sons. His sons were wicked, they were fleshly. So it wasn't because Samuel was someone special and his sons weren't. No. Samuel walked in humility before the Lord and he walked by faith. Do you want to live righteously? Remember please, the just shall live, shall live, shall live by faith. And remember what I said at the very beginning. You don't have to drum up faith. You have it already. The gift of God. It is a supernatural faith. It is the God kind of faith that kicks into motion the moment you get into motion, trusting in God, trusting in his word. Now, here, look at verse 33. See, it says that they obtained promises. You see, they, they received those promises. They had the benefit of those promises through God's ability I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 9 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. You think, wow, that would be great. Having all of God's grace abound to me. Wow, if I could have that, that would be fantastic. Oh, but how do you do that? I I don't I don't know what to do. I, I'm not sure I can do that. Forget all this you stuff. Remember, it says that God is able. God is able. God is able. And it says right here, through God's ability, walking by faith, they obtain the promises. Did they receive those promises right away? The outcome of the promises? No. Many times we observe that it's faith plus time. And a One of the themes that keeps running throughout the book of Hebrews is this idea of a persevering faith, even in the face of adversity, even in the face of persecution. It's a faith that continues steadfastly on. It's a faith that that presses on, that presses forward, that rests in the ability of God. Remember when we were back in the early part of this uh, mini-series on the Just Shall Live by Faith, we looked at the case of uh, Abraham, and particularly in uh, Romans chapter 4. And there it says, Romans chapter four, beginning in verse nineteen, speaking of Abraham and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, so he had zero ability to fulfill the promise of God, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, she had zero ability. He did not waver back and forth at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and And being, listen to this, fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Let me repeat that again. Verse 21, Romans chapter 4, verse 21. And being fully convinced that what God had promised, God was also able to perform. Do you see those two things working together? Abraham knew the promise of God. Do you know the promise of God? Are you in the word? You know, no matter what your situation you're facing, there are scriptures that talk about it. So you need to gather those promises around that particular need. Then once you have those promises together, like Abraham, you need to be Uh, Your faith needs to be resting squarely on the one who made the promise and who has the ability to carry it out. That's God himself. So they obtained the promises. That's what it says there in verse 33. They subdued kingdoms. I immediately think of King David. I mean, how many different uh, victories he got over the enemy. And uh, Samson, you you know, Boy, the Philistines really had a tough day and a tough time with Samson until he was the fool and allowed Delilah into the secret that he had. But even then, even in Samson's death and failure, he literally brought the house down and killed the temple, killed the Philistine king and his leadership in the temple. Remember that? He was braced up against the two pillars of the temple and he said to the Lord, one more time, you see, Samson is looking to his own self. By the way, Samson, this is a little pet peeve that I have. You know, I see drawings that people make of Samson, or maybe I'll see it in a movie or something, and they make him out to be this big brawny guy. Look, if he was that strong looking, why would they be asking what is the secret of his strength? It would be obvious. I honestly think that Samson was a bit of a wimp. He had hardly any muscles at all. Someone looked at him and thought, he's nothing. But God had worked through him mightily. He was able to do those great exploits of strength through the strength of the Lord. And there he is, even after failing God, there he is in the temple with the Philistine king and leadership, and they're having a good old time and he looks again to the Lord looks to the Lord who supplied him with the strength and he says God one more time and he pushes those pillars and the whole thing came down killed them all subduing kingdoms Romans 8:37 says this we are more than conquerors through him that loved us you know because we are in an infinitely better new covenant through Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors. It doesn't say we will be more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. You know, it's something to win a game. You can win a game by one point, but you know something? Winning, that's not enough for us. You know, you could be a team that plays throughout a season and wins and wins and wins. Finally, you get to the championship. You win the championship and you're the champion. Do you know what? The believer if isn't even a champion. It's better than a champion. Or you can have a general who defeats the enemy army, conquers, and he's known as a conqueror. Well, the believer to call him a conqueror is not enough because the scripture says in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors, more than conquerors. How in the world could that be true of me? Through him that loved us. That word through in the Greek is the Greek word dia. It refers to the instrumentality. It's the how of this thing. We are more than conquerors, not because of ourselves, but through him, by means of him that loved us. You think, You think? well, gosh, I really don't deserve that. You know what? Neither do I. But because we are in this infinitely better new covenant of grace. It is not about your righteousness. It is about the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Hebrews is all about. And next time, we'll take it from there on Daily in Christ, continuing on Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 33. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, again, we thank you for this amazing word, your holy word from the Bible, and this in Hebrews chapter 11. Lord, we look to you and your spirit to continue to bring deeper revelation and understanding of you, who you are, and the overcoming faith that you give us as a gift right at the very beginning of our Christian life. Thank you, Father, that we have this testimony from the Word of God about how you have worked mightily in response to godly faith through many ages. Lord, we look to you to continue to help us to walk by faith that we may glorify you all according to grace. In Jesus' name, amen.